easiest way to allay that or to take care of that is that most of the time if your rental properties or flips and such most of the time that does not tie back sometimes as investors our goal is to figure out the risk we can take because what we're doing is risky but how much risk can we onboard and stay afloat long term because we all want to be in the yeah. game long term and you take too much risk on you're gonna right. fizzle out welcome to the cash flow bros podcast um mickey so grateful that you would take the time to uh connect and hang out with me so so glad to be here thanks yeah so so you actually are one of our sponsors, and we have a meetup every month, and um, you actually are one of the ones who partner with us to support the event. We have anywhere from 50 to 60, uh, you know, investors uh, and like you guys, and come together, hang out. It's a great place to meet, you know, other, you know, like-minded individuals. And some of them actually have uh, specific businesses that help the industry and you and your wife, your wife's an agent, and then you also are in insurance. And right. so you are kind of our go-to guy <laughs> to recommend to those who work with us on the sales side to, you know, connect with and um, kind of get insurance. So I was like, man, it'd be great to have you out here. That said, um, you know, as we started to dive in, I was like, man, you have a breadth of knowledge that now I'm just like selfishly here <laughs> to learn from you because you have so much experience in the management side, um, such a depth of knowledge of various types of insurance and how insurance works. And I think a lot of people who are listening are wanting to know it's a it's a it's a space that I think if you knew a little bit more, you could ask the right questions to get the type of coverage you need. Um, but then just life experience. And you've seen a lot of stuff and happen in the industry. Um, in real estate and seeing those cycles and and so anyway that was a really yeah. long intro yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm just stoked and I'm very grateful that you would take the time to hang out with me so so great we uh, we always say if uh, if I can tell you everything that I've done wrong and messed up on <laughs> right. then maybe you can avoid that pothole when you're walking right 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 I mean that's the beauty of community right is yeah. is hopefully someone else has experienced it and can give you a shortcut yeah to your investing experience or life, sure, you know. Sure. So um, give me a brief rundown of kind of history of how you got started in insurance and um, a little bit of your journey and, and kind of where you are now. Sure. Uh, a long time ago, I started, uh, I was a uh, an, an underwriter for a life and health insurance company, a uh, major company, and uh, my job Part of my job was going out to agents' office, salespeople's offices, and teaching the staff people how to do um, the life and health insurance because a lot of these folks, the agency owners, fo focused on auto and home and commercial, and they sort of left out the other yeah. um, uh, ancillary products. And so uh, that was my okay. job to go gotcha. out and say, hey, we still have these products. We got other things. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where the applications are? <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. And uh, it became relatively successful. And so we helped, uh, after we helped a few people to achieve, you know, their, their, uh, sales goals and be able to qualify to go to the conventions and such. Yeah, that they would everybody go to. wants to qualify to go to convention. Oh yeah, That's, yeah. It, you know, especially yeah. back then they were ripping, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These guys would go to Rome and Russia and Golly. you know, just you know, everywhere. Epic. That's awesome. So you you started kind of helping people out, and then where yep. from there you kind of started My your own agency. My job got transferred to Monroe, Louisiana. Okay. And the woman that I was married to at the time said. 
basically hell no, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not going to Louisiana. And so I walked into a, an insurance agent's, uh, a farmer's insurance agent's district, uh, district office and said, Hey, I think I want to be an agent. Oh, okay. Cause I was referred by a state farm agent, uh, that said, Hey, Farmers has a great contract. You ought to look at them when you're looking around. Right. So I'd never been in sales before. Actually, no one in my family had ever been in sales or been an entrepreneur at all before. And so it was a little, it was a little scary, yeah. you know, for yeah, a guy from small town to move to Birmingham and do that. But I walked in and I said, hey, t- teach me about it. And so right. had a really good guy, really good mentor. Uh, taught me about it. I started selling uh, farmers insurance products. That was 1996. Yeah, uh, did that for a number of years. So, t- so I want to dive into that a little bit. Tell me how important that mentor was for those beginning years um, in confidence and learning the st- trades. Like, break that apart. Absolutely, absolutely. I think there's a, I think there's a couple of different kinds of mentors. You have the technical uh, mentor. You have the person that, okay, here's. Now that I've now that someone has pumped you up to tell you that you can do it and convinced you that you can do it, right, right. now here's how to do it. Right. And so there's a couple of different kinds. This guy was more the cheerleader, mm-hmm. and that's what I needed at the time was to tell me, "Hey, I can do this. I can do this." And so, and he ended up becoming more of an more of a guy that would yeah. let me know, um, uh, "Hey, here's how to do this. Let's try this." And yeah, and, I love it. Um, I found out very quickly that. I didn't care anything about uh, cold calling. That was what seemed like my peers did. They would sit in the room and just go through the phone book. I mean, this was, you know, this was <laughs> 90s, right? You living know? the yellow yeah, pages. Yeah, right. right. Um, and uh, I said, I said I've, I'm not going to do that. I yeah. mean, if I can help it, I'm not. And so I just started going out, making a list of people that I thought might be able to to get in front of a lot of people that if I, if I could influence them to maybe believe in me and, and my business, then maybe they would tell other people. So right. that's when, that's when my, um, partnership with realtors and mortgage professionals started, mm. uh, closing attorneys, uh, small business owners, things like that. One of my, in the early days, one of my, uh, biggest referral partners was a, was a hairdresser, was a beauty shop. Because, I mean, they would get people in there and they would yeah. find out their life story. Yeah. And, they, you know, something would come up along the way and said, hey, do you have insurance? You know, and, and <laughs> it, but, but a lot of what I did was partner with realtors and, and, and yeah. mortgage professionals in my, in my sales career there. So you started there, learned the, kind of the skills of the trade and honestly approached it from a very different angle than most people do, which is incredible. Yeah. And, then, and then where did your journey take you? So um, I, uh, I got married to another farmer's mm-hmm. agent, Lynn, my wife, and she, um, she was offered an opportunity to be a district manager with farmers. And at the time, there were only about 15 other female district managers out of That's about awesome. three or 400. Yeah, And good so for her. it was a great opportunity. And so we ended up selling our, our combined uh, agencies to back to the company at the time. That was our only option. Right. You either pass it down to a family member or you take it back, back to a company. Okay. Uh, now, at, at this point, you can actually sell it on the open market. Okay. But, uh, but back then you couldn't. So we did that, and we went 13 years uh, – 
just building a territory. We had mm. the central part of the state from, from Mississippi to Georgia. And so we, we developed agencies, we hired, we recruited, we trained, we were the, um, you know, the mental health professional for them, yeah. you know, is, I mean, we, <laughs> we helped train their staff. We, you know, we, we were a lot of, uh, a lot of the motivating kind of mentor. Right. Um, and so my job, my wife is detail oriented and I'm not as good on that side. I'm more of the cheerleader type. And right. so I was about the marketing and helping people get started in Very their cool. office and figure out how they're going to get customers. Right. And then once they got them, my wife, my wife and her assistant were the ones that taught them how, what to do with them. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because you started the story and ultimately you are like, I don't know sales. Yeah, yeah. And you found out, you kind of fell into like, actually, I'm kind of a good salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I thought sales was, you know, sitting at somebody's kitchen table and, and laying out a big presentation yeah. and knowing 100% about whatever whatever question they might answer, might ask me. And yeah, yeah. so I found out later, you know, it's okay to say, you know, great question. You know, I'm, I'm going to find the answer to that. Mm -hmm. And so I do that enough. And then now I already know the answers, right? And so I'm still, you know, after a long time in the business, I'm still coming across things that I I still need to look up or I still need to call and ask advice. And so we've, over the years, we've built a network of people that are in our, our company and outside our company and, and outside our industry, even that we can call and just say, Hey, what do you think about this? You yeah. know, I, I've got a, I've got this issue. What do you think? Or I know somebody who has a, who needs to solve this problem. And, and, you know, if, if you've given enough, then you can, you can get some of the, you can, yeah. you can get back. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, cause I keep on hearing the strength of network. Like you yeah. started even, even the pivot early on as a salesman and you said, I'm not going to open up the yellow books. I'm going to network and go to people who can help me find clients. What are some of the lessons you've learned that has helped you build a great network? Like what are some of the, you know, the keys almost of like the tricks of the trade or, or things yeah. that have really, cause you, I'm sure you tried a lot of different things over the years, Sure, but some have really hit harder sure. than others and helped you really like add people to your role. And I asked that because I went to an event a little while ago last week and, uh, uh, Dan and Kathy was there. I think I actually yeah. mentioned this. it's yeah. really impacted me and I'm really challenged by it. But he's like, your your network is your net worth, which is a common saying. We know right. that. And he opens up his his uh, phone and he slides it over to the moderator and it says, look, look how many, you know, uh, like yeah, contacts. contacts. Are there. Yeah. And it's 23,000. And I was like, wow. And then I looked at my contacts and I don't want to say <laughs> <laughs> less than 23,000. Less than 23,000, we'll say. And we actually, I have a mastermind group. We did that and it was even low in that group. And I was like, man. I've got to get, so this is a very selfish question. How do you, what are some of the things that help you add to those Rolodex contacts every day? One thing, you know, um, if I can find out what's important to somebody else, like when I was first, first brand new, you know, just, you know, handed a stack of applications and said, go, you know, somebody said, go fill these out. You know, I had no idea what to do. So I, I wanted to make it as brief and as succinct and as efficient as possible. And I was like, hey, I, I'm Mickey. You know, I'd really love for you to help me 
with my business, you know, can yeah, you sit yeah. down me, and give me, me insurance? Me, me, me. Yeah. And, you know, I need this. I need yeah, this, right? Yeah. And then you just have to turn that around. And so what I began to do was find out, you know, um, what, like with the real estate and the lending side, those were my main referral sources and even the small businesses. Um, I tried to find out what would make what would make a difference to them? How could I, how could I impact their business? What do yeah. they need when they, when they have an event, maybe I could sponsor May, you know, when they have a, um, when, when they have an open house, do they, you know, what do they struggle with? You know, right. what, what are the small things and what are the big things? And right. so it, you know, we, well, I, you helped me. <laughs> I mean, I had a property that was in a flood zone. And I reached out to you, not knowing, you never knew if you would get the end client. But I said, hey, can you give me a ballpark of what flood insurance is going to be on this property? So that, because I keep on getting inquiries about this property for purchase. Right. And people are like, oh, but it needs flood insurance. How much is that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and you, and I would always refer you to the next person saying, hey, this is the guy who gave me the quote. And, right. I, and I don't even right. know if that ended up pinning out right. for business for you. But like you did that out of such selflessness and solving a problem for someone else. Like yeah. you solved the problem for yeah. me. Because then I could say, I think we found a number. And then every time I'd say, hey, I got a quote from this guy for this amount. It's a ballpark. Right. Go right. run your numbers. Right. Right. And um, I mean, that was so helpful because it was one of the biggest hiccups on that property. Right. And you didn't approach it from a standpoint of like me, me, me. You just said, how can I make your job easier? And you made it 10 times easier. And well, so thank you for that. I, by I, the way. Well, <laughs> sure. You're welcome. And I, and I appreciate you saying that. But a lot of a lot of our work is I'm going to do something today and it might take me half a day and I may not get paid for it ever. Yeah. Or I might get paid for it over and over for the rest of my life beginning next year. Yeah. And yeah. it uh, regardless, you, you know, you've, you've done the right thing. You know, you've planted some seeds. And uh, a lot of times the scariest part, there's one little aspect of a, uh, especially for a real estate investor or, or a, a uh, or their buyer client, there's one little aspect of the, of the sale or of the transaction that is scary to them. Yeah. And, and whether they verbalize that or not, once you, once they say, Hey, I, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about flood insurance. You yeah, know, I'm yeah. worried about, um, you know, taxes. I'm worried about whatever. Then we put, if, if we can lessen that and if we can help our our referral partner, then we're ultimately getting a client and being yeah. able to help them. You know, if the if our referral partners see how we treat them, then they're going to know that we're going to treat their client pretty much the same way. It's an interesting thing of the business and you're in because you're alleviating people's worries. They have this plethora of like what could, and, and <laughs> I think back to so my wife is a is a six, you know. Right. And she, I don't know if you know Enneagram stuff. Yeah. And now right. we're deep diving yeah, into yeah. totally right. different yeah. things. <laughs> totally different, yeah. But that that profile basically says, like, what is the worst case scenario? And I appreciate her so much because we, you know, we just recently went to Disney. And she sits down and thinks about all the things that we need to pack right. for this trip. And I don't have to think about it. And that's the strength of her personality. Now, the flip side of it is, you know, at times she'll say, oh, like, 
the like uh, we're going to go to this situation and what if this happens or what if this happens or what if this happens? And I have to say, hey, it's probably yeah. going to turn out okay. Yeah. Let's, but let's let's alleviate some of those right. things with some planning. But yeah. then we also have to just go and have fun. And I'm sure for a lot of people, that's what you're doing is like. But what if? But what if? What right. what if? And you say, right. well, that's what insurance is for, and this is how it covers you. Right. And you're really walking them through an emotional journey than like actual financial right. like transaction. Right. 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 <laughs> like, Usually the actual page that they sign for the insurance is is the least scary part of it for yeah them. you know it's it's getting to that yeah. you know it's getting to that and whether it's you know a home or auto or business or life insurance it's just uh whether or not they believe that we're gonna be able to solve their problem yeah and um, that's kind of what we we specialize in is the customer service end of it. We 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 do a lot of work to refer things off to another to to our competition yeah. and and not get paid for it. Uh, yeah. And we decided a long time ago that's just that's the way we're going to do it. If if we can't provide them uh, a, a good solution, then we're not just going to say. I can't help you. Right. Uh, you know, sorry, you know, call yeah, back yeah, next yeah. year. It's it it's just a little extra effort to say, you know, let me give this guy a call. Let yeah. me give this lady a call. Let me let me talk to her and see. I'm awesome. pretty sure they can do this. And <clears throat> it, you know, maybe um we we call it rehabbing clients, you know. Yeah. Um we we help somebody get a uh, get if they're not a preferred um uh risk to right. us we help somebody um go somewhere else Where sometimes for a for while them. and it yeah. and it works great it's affordable and they have the coverage they need and then sometimes we can bring bring those people back uh, once they have qualified to 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 be with us yeah, and yeah. over the years we've gotten more and more um uh, we're not just a preferred, you know, triple A uh, uh, client uh, company. We have a lot of different options now. But right, right. But at first, it was, you There's know. There's some strict you, guidelines yeah, right, that you yeah, had to. Yeah, at first. Never was, be in a wreck for 20 years. Right, right. Then we'll take yes, you on. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you can promise us you won't file a claim, we'll be in good shape, you know. But, you don't yeah. want me then. I'm, I'm out, unfortunately. So. <laughs> But that that is an interesting thing of like like you said it's 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 finding the solution. I think there's a lot of trust that you build with your clients, and you know to know that like like if I refer you, and they start working with you, you're gonna find them the best solution. Whether that's doing business with you or someone else, you're in an industry to help serve people, and that may be providing them with with some product that you can provide. Yeah. But it also may just be saying, Hey, go talk to this guy right. or this gal. And I think that's like such a great way to approach business. And it builds so much trust because then it's, you're not an all one solution, but you're a trusted resource to be a solution for some things and other things you, you outsource. Cause yeah. I know you do investment properties. Right. I know you insure right. Airbnbs. Right. Um, but you probably don't take on every investment property you probably don't take on every home because it doesn't fit like you said the profile and all that um 
So, man, that's that's incredible. Um, I want to circle back a little bit on the management. Um, so I don't want to get too far away from that. That's yes, all right. Talk me through a little bit of, just give me a snippet of a lesson or two that you've learned through that process. Um, so number one, and this may not work for everyone, but for me, um, I hire people that are not my clone. Mm, That's Um, good. Because, um, you know, I, I like to say I'm a, I'm a, um, a visionary, but my wife calls it a dreamer, right? You know, <laughs> and so uh, some would call it crazy yeah, some yeah, days. Right, yeah. We're not sure, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of ideas bouncing around in my head, you know, and, um, but I have to surround myself with the team of people, my wife included, who are, who are detail oriented, who can take what I'm uh, and, and, and you can talk straight with me as well. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hire, I tend to hire people that, um, are going to stay with me a while, tr- yeah. try to treat them right. Right. You know, and so we're, we're a family and, great. um, my office manager has been with me and off and on, we, we've had a working relationship for 30 years. Wow. She started with me in that first job I was telling you about where I was a health insurance underwriter. She probably she can with me. predict what you yeah, say before exactly, you say it. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah, I can I can scribble something on a Pop-Tart box at midnight, you know, and hand it to her and she'll go, okay, I'll run this quote. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we've been together forever. But, uh, but, if I, but if I have all these ideas, you know – once they boil down, probably over half of them are not good ideas. Right. And the, and the ones that are, I need somebody to take the ball and, and go with it. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. And run with it. So I surround myself with people that are not near, not necessarily just like me and who have other skills. Right. And so that's, that's the one thing I can probably say that's, that's um, in the early days, I, I, paid my staff person when I couldn't pay myself, yeah. you know, and I just, it, I just felt like you, you've got to be able to, you got to be able to build that family. That you got to be, you yeah, know, yeah. and some people call it building an army, right. Uh, uh, of people that are going to be your supporters. Yeah. But T- tell me this is, is there tension in the relationship because of that difference? Um, or maybe tension's not the right word, but there's there's a there's conflict's not the right word, but there's there's a little bit of friction because they're probably trying to keep you in a lane to hey, did you follow up with this person? Yeah, most. Of and the, you're over here like thinking like I'm creative. I'm like yeah yeah fifty I, yeah, ideas, and they're right, like well let's yeah, just do this one yeah, idea, yeah. and you're Can like we try <laughs> one at a time, you know, <laughs> you know. And uh, my wife, I've heard my I've heard her say, you know, how about no more ideas for today, you know. <laughs> You know, I mean, she's fantastic and she grounds me, but yeah. she's black and white, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and I am, I am pretty out there, you know, um, and if it was, if I was left up to my own devices and I was doing it all myself, I would not be effective because I wouldn't finish anything. Right. And so I, I'm pretty good about. Uh, delegating to somebody that I on my team that I know is going to be able to handle that, and that we have a we have a pretty good behind the scenes follow up uh, program to where I know what's going on. 
Right. And I may not do all the quotes or many or all or any, right. but I, I know what's going on with each client, with each prospect. And so, and I also know that, that I've done my uh, triage with them to put them with the right personality and the right skill set. Right. Uh, uh, staff person. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's so good. Just hiring from someone and you're, you know, there ends up being a little bit of attention. I found that, you know, some of the, when I was doing a lot of graphic design work and we had project managers, the ones that were best for me were the ones that I got frustrated with sometimes because yeah. they'd be like, get back on task, yeah. you know? And, yeah. But that's what I needed, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. So, okay. So I want to branch into a little bit of the technical side of insurance. Um, and this is going to, I think, be helpful to a lot of uh, our listeners and myself. Like I said, I really approach these selfishly because <laughs> I have these questions. Um, so I want to talk about insurance and how it works. Kind of bigger picture. If you have multiple properties, I want to talk about just kind of global insurance and your your ability to be insured. So sure. if you have multiple properties and you make a claim, okay, on your personal, let's just start with that first question. So I have rentals and then I also have personal property. Right. And how does that work as far as how the insurance companies see me if all these properties, you know, there's going to be claims that come in, sometimes not. I, my deductible's at a point where there's a lot of stuff that comes in that ultimately I just pay out of pocket because of. Right. it does not make sense. The right. differential right. per the claim is like right. no-brainer, just pay out of pocket, take your lashings. I mean, right. I had a tree fall um, last year, and I'm writing a big $6,000 check. And I'm just writing it yeah. because my deductible is so high that I would barely cover. Yeah. Sure. I would barely and sure versus the claim, so I just you know yeah. cover it. So, so I understand that to a degree, but is that isolated from my personal claims? So if I have an injury or a accident on a vehicle or something like that, and I make a claim over here, how does that affect? all of this because now my insurance and the yeah. amount of money I'm paying across these yeah. broad insurance claims is a lot higher than just a car and a right. house. Right. Which, you know, a lot of people have just a few houses or right. a few cars. Right. And, and but now I've got like multiple properties right. more. Right. So right. how does that work? All right. So good very good question. So in the old days when I would work with an investor, like I I, I right now have a um an investor who has a hundred mobile homes. Okay. Well, just a few. <laughs> yeah. And, and their family has half that many. Their family member has half that many that right. I, I've take care of. Well, in, at first when we were dealing with this person, they had them all in their personal name. Right. And, um, in that respect, sometimes you can run into a claim situation where they're, they're sort of going to spread the 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 risk or the analysis of it. Like a company is going to look at it and go, okay, yeah, they've got four claims, but they also have ten properties. They don't just have one house with us, right? And so that that does work. But I think the easiest way to um, allay that or to or to uh, uh, take care of that is that most of the time, if if 
your rental properties or or uh, flips and such are in a are in an LLC or a corporation name, most of the time that does not tie back okay. to the personal. Okay. Um, and so most of the we rarely have a problem anymore with too many claims for investors. Okay. Um, I mean. I've worked with investors that have a different LLC for every property. Right. You know, that doesn't always. I call that a nightmare. Yeah. I would much rather rather it not be like that as well. But but, um, but the point is they they do separate that from their person. Right. And so I, I, I might not be speaking for the whole industry when I say this, but for, for the companies and carriers that I deal with, I think, I think, uh, separating your your losses, separating your uh, properties by between personal and corporate name right. is is the way to go. Yeah, you know, there's probably a lot of other advantages to that as well. So, you know, I and I agree with you. So, you know, if you were to basically, they are separate now. Claims within the entity of, we'll say, this property group. They do affect that property group still, but they'll keep it and vice versa. You know, if you keep right. wrecking your personal car, then it it will not carry over and say, oh, well, property group X needs more insurance because, you know, Todd just keeps wrecking his right. personal car. That, I just may be reckless yeah, in a car, not yeah. with my rental <laughs> yeah, property. Right. You can be very, very safe with your rentals and then, and, and then you know, text and drive all of it. Yeah, it's um, hard when I take that Ferrari yeah. out and... Uh, <laughs> The insurance right. is just killing. That's you. right. I don't the, own a Ferrari, by the way. <laughs> the 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 interesting part is that um, you mentioned before about having higher deductibles, and you know, self insuring for s- some of the at least minor damages. We even, you know, we the our average uh, personal homeowners uh, and probably probably investment home. Home deductible right now is about twenty five hundred. That's what I was gonna. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, about yeah. it's about twenty five hundred, and and that's ticking up. That's ticking up to where uh, uh, some of the carriers that that are out there. Uh, my my main uh, preferred carrier, Farmers. It we don't have a we don't have a percent deductible yet that's manage, mandatory right. but most of our competitors do in other words uh, they're going to have a 1 or 2% right right uh, total deductible mm-hmm. or a percent deductible on wind and hail especially right know, right at least is there a sweet spot for the discount to the deductible price point Per company, yes, okay. there is, and so what you so let's I just send me that list. Yeah, <laughs> break yeah. down every yeah. single yeah. insurance. Yeah, company. absolutely. We'll we'll be handling that this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one thing to do when you're shopping for insurance and when you're talking with your agent is to ask that. Hey, if yeah. I were to go up to five thousand, or if I were to go up to a two or three percent uh, deductible, it how much does that save me? You know, yeah. and and. You know, this sounds like real salesy, um, but if you bundle your business with one carrier, you're you're usually able to keep uh, your costs down. Yeah. Because you're you're going to get discount. You're going to get cross discounts on everything. Correct. And so, um, you know, I, I have a a client who has who who's 
they're a realtor and I've just talked with them this morning. That's why it comes to mind, but they're a realtor. Well, they've never had their autos with me. I have home, I have investment Man, properties. Come I have, on guys. You know, and I said, <laughs> and so they called, uh, actually yeah, you know, over the weekend I said, Hey, do I, do I have an umbrella? And I yeah. said, well, remember I can't do your personal umbrella without at least one vehicle, uh, you know, in this in, in the category in she's situation. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I said, so I can do that with an outside carrier, or I can. Why don't we just get one car insured? You know, you've known me for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so it's that's time. what we're do- yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> you know, and so. And then there's there's a there's all kind of uh, commercial umbrellas that you can get as well on top of that. Right. But but the the biggest part is how, how much of your um, how much of a potential claim can you can you eat and to to have the ability to uh, not have a an a, a career ending liability loss. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or, or personal. I mean, that's the way I think about it when I get insurance is like I'm looking for the what's the highest risk I can take. And above that, I'm looking to kind of insure um, burn like it basically burned down. Yeah. You know, type thing. Um, I feel like most systems of houses can be fixed for around five to ten, you know, depending on how severe. And, um, so you just have to figure out your liability in that. It's interesting. I actually, um, I've worked with a fund and their insurance is so high that, that is, that is effectively a hundred percent what they're insuring yeah. against is right. only the fact that it would right. get burned down. Right. Like it is, I think it was a hundred thousand dollars was their deductible. Yeah. Per property. Right. So it's either we're fixing it all, <laughs> but they have that spread and they right. have that coverage. So right. they're basically self-insuring with a larger thing that like, or a good example someone mentioned was like, well, what if you had seven, eight properties in the same area yeah. and a tornado comes through right. and six of them get hit? Right. Well, that would completely take you out if you weren't properly insured. Exactly. And so in that situation, you at least, even if you're self-insuring and you want to push that margin, we'll say $10,000, which, you know, maybe your risk tolerance slash how much liquidity you have, you still got to have something because there's no way you could survive six houses going, you right. know, down to the ground. Right. There's right. just, you know. Yeah. And, and, um, being uh, being physically physically smart with your money that you're saving, you know, by by having a higher deductible or right. for, or for offsetting your deductible, right. you know, putting some money aside in a fund like that, because yeah. that's the um, I kind of believe that's the way of the future. I think that companies are going to begin to not cover full replacement on roofs. Yeah. Um, I believe that's coming to Alabama. I believe that's coming to the South at least. Um, you now, heard it here I'm, first. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, you know, not, who, who am I? You know, I, I'm a little insurance agent, you know, in Birmingham, but I think 20, that's 2025, yeah. uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it happens and everybody's right. like, Mickey, like, was, Mickey right. was there. You know, I, I think it's there because that's a big deal because, you know, um, that's that's one of the things that is a big disparity has a big disparity in between between um, uh, carriers now. My competition and I, our companies pay roof claims differently. It's, right. It seems to be more of a um, 
uh, more of a disparity there, right? Okay. And so, and it's a it, it's a big deal if somebody has three or four shingles blown off, and then we put a new roof on. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a roof in Alabama is how much? You're a contractor. You know, I mean, yeah, twenty I mean, grand. Yeah, it's it depends on the size of the house, but you can get it. Probably on the low end of a three one, you can yeah. you're spending eight. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, if you have a nice four three in Pelham or you know, yeah. some, I mean, yeah, with the steep incline right. roofs, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, you're up to fifteen twenty. You know, so, so. we're you know, I, I I believe that that's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, I I also believe that while we're in the future uh, here, I think that in the future that we won't run a driving record. We'll give you a. A little thing like in our commercial or the They're progressive start commercial, us. yeah, and <laughs> it, it, and we're going to track you daily on how you're doing now, yeah. not how you did in the past. I've had conversations with my brother. He's very much into the EV world and all that kind of self driving and, and right. everything. And his take, and I don't disagree with it. I think we are far off from it. But the concept that it is going to be so expensive for you to drive your own car, you eventually will not. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think that is a very far in the future thing, um, maybe closer than I think. But the the technology for self-driving is going to progress to the point where it's much safer to you effectively right. ask for an Uber. The Uber will have no driver and there'll just be a bunch of self-driving cars that come yeah. pick you up, take you to a destination, drop you off, pick there someone else up and yeah. it's be a whole grid. Now, that is a very... I know I'm talking about like space type <laughs> stuff. I mean, that's pretty far out there, but it will be very expensive. They'll, the government will just make it so expensive yeah. slash insurance will right. be so expensive because the safety will be right. there in the numbers will show that it's safer for self-driving vehicles right. eventually. Right. right now it's a trust thing. Right. Um, because you see the 1% of the fluke that messes up and then you're like, oh, and we don't feel like we have control when really – you know, at the end of the day, if you gave over to the system completely, the death rates would go down. Right. It's just right. just fact. But no one wants to feel out of control. So right. now we're digressing into human. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this podcast, we yeah, got lots of different that's places. That's fun. Okay. So, so this is super helpful and I'm learning like, and I hope, I mean, I'm going to put this as like an episode that everybody should be listening to because it's, it's just lots of information. How do I make myself, um, if not be like appear low risk or be low risk, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't yeah, appear low yeah. risk. How do, what are some of the things that are tick boxes that I should be aware of that say, when I go to get insurance, I did X, Y, Z over this year and it helped, helped me stay low or some of the things I did, did yeah. not do or did do yeah. that. It's like, Ooh, red flag probably shouldn't yeah. have done this. Yeah. I, I mean, great question. I, of course I'm a little biased, but I would say, have an agent, yep. number one. You know, uh, there's a lot of companies out there that that operate without agents, and some of them are great, right? But when I call that company and ask about my account, I can't speak to Laurie or Bob or yeah. somebody who's known me. Yeah. Uh, they pull up my account, and they may or may not have a history with me. Right. Um, I would say, you know, it. Of course, the the be, their best move is to call me. You're right. right. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, but, if you want to be yeah, honest, yeah, but. yeah. No, but but have an agent. Yeah. You know, and and I'll just hopefully say a, a local agent. You right. know, somebody that, that, whose job is to take care of you. Right. right. You know, and then to give you good advice. 
and then somebody who, you know, on the other side of that uh, can be held accountable. You, you know, if I, if I give you bad advice or if I'm not taking care of you, then you can give me a call and, and we can get something, you right. know, r- resolved. But when you're dealing with a, you know, a, a huge corporation, when you have a problem, it's you know, a little it, tougher it, to walk through. Right? Or like, so, hey, if I bought this yeah, car, visit this car, right, yeah. what are we looking at as far as insurance? Yeah. And you can say, well, honestly, view, viewing your profile, I would suggest this right. if you're really concerned because yeah. that's a huge jump. Because, yeah. I mean, you think about a car payment, but then there's also insuring that car. And, you know, if one car is a lower payment, but you end up insuring it for $100 more, you're almost right. at a wash, That's right. you know, and you're like, That's right. so you could be making a decision, a financial decision without even thinking about that extra layer. G- uh, good point. And so brings us to the second point is, first of all, have an agent. Second of all, sit down and talk to them, yep. you know, and, you know, we, we offer what's called a farmer's friendly review, but we offer a policy review. Sounds fantastic. One, you know, once a year. Way better you know, than a unfriendly you know, review. Yeah. <laughs> so just, yeah. you're heading I mean, the right we direction. We used to do farmers, uh, you know, uh, grouchy, r- r- mean review, but yeah, it just yeah. didn't go over. It didn't seem very well. There was a there was a disconnect there. Uh, <laughs> that marketing campaign uh, flopped. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw in a, on, a, on a show I was watching where... Um, uh, in Japan, they have they have uh, restaurants opening up that are rude, right? oh. like, uh, and that that's their kitsch, right? That's yeah, their yeah, that's yeah, yeah. because they're so polite there, and they're so customer service is so uh, over the top. For, it's that, very formal, yeah. yeah. Society. And so when they go to this place, that I think the the restaurant was actually called Rude, right? And that's so when they funny. go to this place, you know, somebody's throwing their menu at them, or you know, <laughs> calling them fat, or or you know, you know, <laughs> just uh, it's like hurry up and order. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they loved it. You know, yeah, they loved yeah, yeah. it. But anyway, but uh, but sit down with their sit down with your agent. And um, and just go over stuff. People think when when I offer them a review, they think, oh, he's trying to sell me something else. You know, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. Well, a lot of times, actually, we ended up we end up not only not selling you something else, right. or or helping you buy something else, but also we find there's some gaps or some some overlaps where you, maybe you don't need some of the coverage you already have. Yeah. You know, so but but. Take advantage of any opportunity. Review stuff with your agent. I mean, I would say at least once a year, just just take thirty minutes and sit down with them. Yeah. Go to lunch or, or go to their office or or just at least talk on the phone with them. That's, um, that's so good. And and as far as making yourself more uh, 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 marketable, presentable, uh, a, a better risk for insurance, uh, take a um, what you've already mentioned today. Take. Uh, as much of the risk as you as you possibly can. Yeah, um, I would say as cost wise, try to get as much of your at least as much of your commercial lines with one agent or agency, as much of your personal lines with one agent. You know, bundle that right. because uh, it really is a thing. It really does save you money, and and not only that, the person who's handling your insurance on the back end realizes the 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 ins and outs of what's going on in your business because you're calling them and you're talking with them, right? And it's not I, I'm not having to wonder whether or not they have this covered somewhere else, right. you know. For instance, on the um, on the insurance uh, uh, insuring uh, investment 
uh, and remodelers kind of uh, correct uh, policy. So you're talking what, about like during uh, flips, yeah, like during if, flips. So like, so a lot of people don't know, and I want to clarify. Yeah, when you insure a property, there's actually different insurance you need. And you need to clarify with your insurance that you are actually renovating the property, right. or else if they find, say, you like just get traditional. Hey, I got, I bought a house. It's a rental. It's an investment property, and you don't inform them that you're in the rehabbing process. Right. You won't be insured, right? Because that. So there's difference yeah. of that even coverage. So very, that's kind of yeah. what you're diving yeah. into, right? V- very good point. <clears throat> so um, let let your agent or agency know. Um, what's happening? Because if right. they if they don't ask the right questions, you speak up, right. you know. And and you know, usually somebody with any experience is going to ask the kind of questions. Right. Are, are are you renovating it? What's the exterior look like? Um, right. You know what what how much, you know, ha- what's going to happen afterwards after you were after you renovate it? Are you going to rent it out? or Are you going to flip it and sell it? You right. know. Um, in the meantime, is it vacant? Is it, you know, and you're going to, you know, how much uh, uh, structural stuff are we going to do to the house? And right. so if you, and I may not not, I may not need to know that all that information on every single one, but on the ones that you're remodeling, I need to know that because right. um, first of all, I want to make sure that um, I have it insured correctly. So when you have a claim, you're, you're, if, if you're, um, wiring gets <laughs> stolen out of a vacant house, right? Um, or 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 something like that. Then I'm I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to have that covered. Um, and uh, the other side of that is, do we need to offer liability for this project, or do you have that covered on like a master? policy. Right. I'd say that's about 50-50 in the people that I deal with. Some of them have the one the the larger agents, the larger uh investors, they usually have some sort of um uh liability, uh, like a blanket liability right. policy that they say, "Hey, I like you said, I, all my properties are covered, even even, you know, additional new properties before I even report them. They're covered up to a certain amount, so I don't need the liability on this. I need you to make sure this property is covered." Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. And so with, you know, with a regular homeowners or anything like that, you're not going to be able to ex- you know, really exclude the liability like that, but you, but that's an additional charge and everything's about the bottom line, right? We, what's worth it. You know, if you had an unlimited budget, then I, you know, I could give you the perfect policy that you can you insure would, my hand, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, or, or yeah. my voice or whatever. I mean, like at the end of the day, you can yeah. insure anything for the right, right money. Yeah. Going back to that. So if you do not give the proper information, and I'm not saying you're trying to lie, but maybe you don't disclose something or or you have some misinformation wrong, can that be used sometimes to deny a claim? Or, or maybe some companies who are less reputable will use that as leverage to basically say, nope. Like, for example, you buy property, didn't inform that you're flipping it. You are flipping it. You just have regular just investment insurance on it, they show up, you know, say it burns down and be like, well, you were clearly renovating it. That's why this electrical fire was caused. Right. You're, you're SOL. Right, right. Then that, And that's possible, A, correct? And then B, does it happen often? Yeah, it, it doesn't happen a lot, but, um, and 
with our agency, it doesn't happen a lot. We're not we're not infallible, right? We're probably going to make a mistake and not ask the right question at right. some point. But we've been doing it twenty five years, right? And so we, but to answer your question, the company has an opportunity at that point to make a decision about that claim. Mm-hmm. Am I going to pay this claim or not? Right. Or after I pay this claim, do I ever want you again? Right. You know, am I going to non-renew your policy and and not ever accept anything you're, else? You'll again? be blacklisted. You know? <laughs> right. Right. And and that and that does happen. Yeah. You know that does yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, which, by the way, look at my name. See if I'm blacklisted <laughs> yeah, on any. I think you're okay so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's good information to know. I hadn't thought about the the fact of like, yeah, we'll pay out this claim now because it's borderline fringe or whatever. We don't want a bad rep for for this. But at the end of the day, you may make yourself uninsurable, or you may put yourself in a higher price bracket, or or different things like that. So that's um, that's really information. You uh, had actually, we talked about this earlier, you had a claim that was pretty significant with a restaurant. And I want to just kind of dive into that story a little bit and talk about how you took care of that client and um, just kind of the benefit that you brought to the table being that call versus, like you said, a company or, you know, so talk me right. through what kind of happened. That was a that was a really interesting story. So we have uh, we have a client. So it's a current client now that that owns some uh, local businesses. We also have their home, their autos, their their. Um, they actually let you have the cars, right? So right. That, yeah, you're, they're a little more favorite yeah, than this other right, client. Yeah. We're not saying names, but you yeah. know, <laughs> everybody. Uh, <clears throat> that's true. Everybody. Um, I, no, I. I mean, sometimes I have a portion of their business, and I'm glad to yeah, have yeah, it. Yeah. But I'm going to keep asking for the rest, right? Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Um, but on this particular one, basically, we go way back, and my my staff goes way back with them, and so they're almost like family, and. Um, They've been working with us and trusting us for their account for a long time. So this particular one, um, they sat down with us and said, hey, we're going to we're opening a restaurant. Yeah. And here's the things we need. And so we offered a a, a very good policy. Our, our farmer's insurance policy for restaurants is really hard to beat. I mean, right. it really is. The coverages are are pretty amazing, and so we offered our, you know, our kind of our premier package for that, and that person accepted that. We we went on. Some time went by, and they actually had an electrical issue uh, with a piece of equipment. It wasn't even cooking equipment um, that um, was in the was in the um, in the property, and they had basically a total fire one night. Wow. And um, this was a small restaurant, small a small business. But um, by the time we, because they had good coverage, we we were able to, uh, to, first of all, we were able to keep their overhead. We were able to make sure that their employees were paid and their vendors were paid and their obligations and contracts were paid while this was going while our renovation of the property was going on while mm-hmm. the while the place was still smoking we're st- they still have bills to pay yeah and so uh so we're able to replace everything in the restaurant we're able to give them uh to help them get a a, a lease on a new place we're ha- able to keep their employees and uh, and and all their benefits 
taken care of in the meantime so they don't lose them. Right. In this day and time, I mean, your your employees are they're like gold. Yeah. Right? You know, so you gotta treat them like that. Yeah, or yeah. they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um and um we're able to take care of um like I said, all all their business overhead, we're able to take care of get restock everything, you know, do it do their um their opening branding uh advertising and stuff for them. Yeah. We pay for basically pay for everything. This small restaurant turned into a million dollar claim. Wow. And um, that person, of course, is a right now is a, a, a customer for life because yeah. they really didn't expect that all that all that was covered, That's and amazing. they basically hit all the all the buttons on the coverage. You know, we we and we pay for go. everything. You know, yeah, yeah. and so. Um, but the point is, you can get you can get less expensive. Uh, usually. No matter who you get a quote with, you could get something less expensive. Yeah. But when you when you have a claim, you want to make sure that you at least realize uh, you've at least had the opportunity to get a to to get a really amazing policy. Yeah. You know? And so you might choose instead of incredible policy, you might choose pretty Mid-grade. good policy. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people, as, as and a lot of these, a lot of people in the uh, in investment world, they'll choose the get me by yeah, policy, right? And the 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 get me by and 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 help me, you know, give me something that says insurance on it, you know. And so we have to have a talk at that point that look, I, you know, we we have various levels of coverage, right? But I want to make sure that they understand what they have, right? And so you know the. And that's that's very hard to do over the phone. It really is. And and it you know I mean in the entrepreneur space there's a lot. Um, there's a book called Who Not How, yeah. and that's a very well known book. And I talk about we talk about a lot in my mastermind as well. And it really comes down to the, the who, you know, and you are a who for a lot of people, and helping them walk through those specific situations. And even the same thing as like a CPA, you know, like I have a hired CPA. As my taxes get more complicated, I had to hire it out. And now we have conversations. It's not just like, here, do my taxes. It's like, well, this is this and this. And he's like, well, maybe you pivot here. Maybe you do this. And this is your options. And the same thing is true, I think, with insurance is like, you know, I think about this restaurant scenario in the context of me. Like if I was this restaurant owner, right? Like the marketing side, there's certain things that I know I could do in-house for really cheap or personally or whatever. Like I have skill sets. Right. So I probably wouldn't insure that part of yeah. the business, yeah. but there's other aspects of the business that I can't do or don't have the time to do. So I'd be like, yeah, I need, I'm not going to sit and rebuild a thing or right. I'm not going to sit and right. repay all these employees. Cause I can't, I can't rehire and spend the hours that I spent training these employees. Right. So I'm going to insure for their salaries. I'm going to click that box. Yeah. And going back to the point of like, who, not how you are one of the who's, that can say, hey, what boxes are you selecting? Just so that we're all on the same page, right. that I'm providing you the worst case scenario, the the coverage right. that's going to help you stay afloat and keep you. I think sometimes as uh, investors, our goal is to figure out the risk we can take because what we're doing is risky. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Right. But how much risk can we onboard 
and stay afloat long term because we yeah. all want to be in the yeah. game long term. And you take too much risk on you're gonna you're gonna right. fizzle out. Right. And insurance is one of those things that if we can understand it and have the right who to help us understand it, we can have you know, barring the worst case scenario, we can still stay in the game long term. Sure. Absolutely, so, sure. That's incredible. Um, with this, I always like to center back to um, local knowledge. And so want to kind of break apart Birmingham. Um, are there specifics to Birmingham as far as from insurance policies, from maybe areas that are harder to insure versus like, is it sectioned off like the zip code matters or does zip code not matter at all? Like as an investor here in Birmingham, what is the specific to our market knowledge that I need to know when I go look for insurance? Very good point. So, um, and it's pretty timely as well because yeah. <laughs> uh, some of our um, some of our carriers, some of the carriers, not just with not just that are owned or affiliated by my company, but others as well, have um, have uh, lessened their exposure in Jefferson County. Okay, and um, and that's basically because of their um, their history. You know, their their uh, profit history in that in that area, and so Jefferson County is pretty is pretty wide, right? You got you got Mountain Brook to you know everything else, right? Yeah. And so when you when you put a I like to say a, Homewood and everything right, else that yeah. puts Homewood at the right. top, but yeah, well, home, yeah, you got Homewood, that's where I live. You, know, so. you got yeah, you got Vesta, I mean, you got everything, right? Yeah, but yeah. but you also have some areas that are that are lower income, that are low, you know, maybe higher crime, right. and you know, a lot of the especially the independent uh, 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 agents, they'll have a a crime score that pops up on their mm. their quote, and yeah. if it, and if that zip code has a has a has a crime score of this amount, right? Um, then they're not able to you know they're not able to offer coverage in that wow. in that particular company. Okay, and it could also be crime score versus you know uh, coupled with age of house and such as that. You yeah, know? it's this yeah. this stew of yeah. different scenarios yeah. that say yeah. go or no go yeah. or go but the premiums up here. Right. right. People ask us do we do we base everything on credit? And I, and I say yes and no. I mean, credit with most of the companies that we deal with, credit is a factor. Right. But it is an insurance score model that has about, you know, hundreds of different uh, of different uh, ingredients in that recipe. It's right. not just whether what your credit score is. It's such a bling. It's a part of the puzzle, but right. it doesn't, it says right. part of who you are as a, you know, as a credited person, but it That's doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, to expand on that about what, what Birmingham has, uh, what, if you're an, or, an investor that's looking to invest in Birmingham. First of all, there's just some great bargains I think to yeah. to be had in, in the Birmingham area. And then there's some great homes. There are great homes in older sections, and there's some great homes in in the newer sections as well. Um, but you also have uh, in Alabama, and you you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of weather 
issues and trees. Yes. Yes. So you have, yeah. So you have trees. Um, the same person I was talking about, my, my friend, who's my client who had the million dollar claim. They also had a tree through their house that year, you know, yeah. Yeah. Or actually it hit the edge of their, the edge of their house and, and landed on their car. Right. Called me and said, here's my car. And it, it couldn't see it. It was just a tree. Um, but so you have trees, you have hail damage, uh, there's, I mean, you could have a 10 minute hail storm or a five minute hail storm and it does as much, it does as much damage, you know, money wise as a tornado, yeah. you know, and then, then we move to, you know, tornadoes and high winds, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, South Alabama, we, you, you have a hurricane potential, you have coastal exposures. We, we, um, we have, uh, fewer choices now when we're doing a coastal Property yeah, yeah. Than we because used to. of history yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, so obviously the the lay of the land is affecting it. Like you said, crime is a part of the quote, and that gets into yeah. consideration as well as now. When you said the the coverage exposure, does that just mean premiums go up, or they require a higher deductible, or is it a combination of those two, or are there other factors that I'm not even aware of? I'm as I asked this question, good point. And I had I hadn't laid this out uh, prior to coming here, but like when a when a company is experiences a um, a, a higher than expected um, uh, loss ratio in a certain area or right. in a certain on a certain type of property, they basically have a couple of different choices. They can um, quit doing business in that in that area yeah. for a while. It goes on the and, blacklist. Yeah. Just that and, and that has happened code. right now with several carriers. And you're probably hearing about that because some of them are the ones that a lot of you guys use. And so we've had to, we've had to, you know, maneuver around a little bit. Um, so we, we could stop doing business there. We could tighten up our underwriting. And that a lot of times is what happens is, okay, we're only going to do a house that's this many years old or has, has a newer roof or, uh, okay. or, um, you know, maybe we won't allow as many claims you were going, you know, going back to that earlier, won't allow as many claims in their history, you know, right, that, right. and that person or corporation's history, uh, or even, you know, ha- it could be, we won't allow as many claims on, on the property itself. Right. You know, um, forever in my business, I thought, you know, when a claim popped up and it was, oh, that, that was on, that was on the prior owner that has nothing to do with, you know, my customer. Well, these days, depending on what claim it is, what if it's a water claim? How do you know that that water claim was taken care of property properly by the prior owner? And maybe there's uh, mold, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so then, so we could stop doing business. We could restrict underwriting. We could also um, require um, uh, multiple lines of business. We could require that you you throw in something that we sell that we make money on. Because it's not homeowners in Alabama, you know, uh, uh, like maybe, you know, a, a, another line of business. Um, but but the fourth thing that we could do is go up on, you know, go up on the premium. premium. And yeah. so all companies have gone up. I mean, let's just face it. You know, it's, yeah. it's you know, you go to Publix or, or, you know, anywhere. Everything's gone up. And so what we try to do is manage um, what people are getting. And we kind of have to do some education sometimes about 
uh, deductible choices, uh, right. you know, the, the self-retention. It's an interesting thing because going back just economics right now, everybody's getting pressed. Yeah. Um, you know, I have rentals that are doing fairly well and actually increase in prices, but because of that pressing, some rentals I'm having to not, you know, in theory, the economics would say I could raise the rent, but everything's getting, and so stuff's not sometimes renting because people are retracting a little bit. Well, if I can't rent for X amount of dollars, I'll just live with my friends or my family or whatever. And so you have to drop, I've had to drop rentals on a few prices on rentals to get them rented. Um, But then that hurts my bottom line. And I'm thinking, okay, where can I find some margin? Oh, I'll just maybe adjust my insurance. Sure, sure. (laughs) Because insurance just went up on me. So I've got to pay the same amount because I underwrote it at $100, but now it's 120. Right. It's cutting into my profit that I still don't have. So it is a very, and we both know the market in the last three years has been just like yeah, moving so rapidly up and down, trying to, trying to pin it, you know, put a pin in it is like impossible. And it's just one of those things that goes back to the who have the conversations and say, okay, maybe we can get you to 110, but you're going to be given up X. Right. Are you okay with that risk? Right. Um, and I think the biggest thing, like I said, as, as an investor myself, I ask myself so many times, what is the worst case scenario and can I survive it? And if the answer is then yes, then I move forward. And if the answer is no, then I figure out a different pathway or, or an offset of risk or whatever right. that is. Sure. So including sure. with insurance, you know, sure. I set my deductible at the hit that I know that I can take out of my bank account. Right. Can I take 10 of those a year? Probably not. Yeah. But I can take a few. Yeah. And so I set my minimum on what that few hits I can take. I can right. take about four of those. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, you know, we started this conversation about how, you know, what what's the nature of insurance? What's insurance about, right? It's it's the law of uh, large numbers. Yeah. Right. So um, if you have uh, 20 properties or 200 properties, um, the chance of all of them or a great number of them having a claim at the same time is, is probably pretty small. Right. But if you have one property and or maybe a, a, a primary home and, and one rental, yeah. then is chances are, are higher that you might be able that you may have to experience a claim at some point right. because, um, and, and that's the, that's the thing. Most companies right now they realize if a if a if a client has multiple properties and they have a couple of claims, it used to we would worry about the number, the frequency of the claim. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, claims are going to happen. Yeah, claims are going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but on on homeowners, you know, we would almost rather pay a a, a bigger loss than several small, you know. Nuisance losses, right? Right, you know, because then it sends a yeah, mindset of right. like, oh, I need to claim yeah, that on insurance. Right. Yeah, um, and that's typically what I do. Like, if it's a big thing, I'm claiming. But if not, I'm self-insuring yeah. my own personal home. Right. Um, no, that that's very interesting. Um, so one of my last questions that I really wanted to dive into, um, and I'm just like rapid fire, and you're just <laughs> right. rocking it. So yeah, I appreciate no the uh, portfolio. I I bought a portfolio. And I was introduced to the concept of a portfolio um, loan, uh, insurance policy. And what I found was interesting was I could not take all of my properties into that coverage. And the single family homes that were over uh, 
valuation of a hundred and twenty, it made more sense to put them in single coverage policies, individual policies. But everything below that, the numbers flip flopped. It was like this, like inverse, like cross curve, right. and it started to make sense to have those in the portfolio. So, talk me through why that is potentially when you suggest clients take on a portfolio coverage. Do you offer that? Like, just kind of talk through those differences because leading up to it, when I only had a few properties, I didn't even know that was an option. Right. Um, until, you know, obviously bought the portfolio and was like, oh, you got more than 10, you can qualify for these these different insurance options. I right. think 10 is typically what I've heard, but maybe it's lower now right. or, or it's changed. Right. So we we don't exact we don't offer the a portfolio insurance policy that's going to be hey 10 or more properties is you know it, it is going to be this amount and here's the criteria that you have to 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 put them in there yeah um i know that that's out there and i think it's probably a good thing for investors because like you said they're they're usually the smaller um, dwelling amounts, right? They're usually the smaller risk, and so the if I, if if I if my memory serves me correctly, and then so maybe it does make sense for that because what we're basically doing at that point is is you're you're self insuring a, a, a bit of or a bit more. Of, right. uh, of the risk, right? And so you're retaining some of that risk. And so the the company that's providing that insurance policy says, hey, look, I like, I, I, I do well in this arena, which is this, um, this age house, this, um, uh, this valuation house, right. this zip code, any of those I'll take, right? right, right. You know, As it's like these companies that come in <clears throat> with, um, it's a little bit like these companies that come in with offers, right? You know, you know, yeah, you yeah, know, funds. Million, yeah. yeah, they've mil- got they've got yeah, a criteria, right. and they say yeah. if it's in my buy yeah. box, I'm buying. If it yeah. hits these numbers, we we pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah like exactly. My wife had one uh, just this weekend. You know, it's the the house is off to itself out in the country, and that person wanted a cash offer, and. It, it's there's nothing to really compare that to, but if yeah. it were in a subdivision, this these these companies these funds would come in and in a minute they'd have an a, uh, an offer in their mailbox every yep. day, right? Yep. Exactly because because they're they're comfortable with what with with what they're getting themselves into. So Same is it basically is it basically a, a conglomerate or a fund that's saying, hey, we want to insure this type of product? Yeah. Yeah, and they put they pull together the money and then provide that insurance package. Yeah, and they are yeah, yeah. okay. That's they, interesting. They know they they have experience. Their numbers say I can I can do well insuring this property for this amount. Right. But if it goes outside my comfort level, I I'm not going to let them in my in my little protected right uh, group. Right. And so um, on the flip side of that, we, while we don't offer that policy, we do offer the ability with most of our, most of our, um, uh, investment properties where you can put them all on one policy. Right. Where, um, I mean, I've literally had somebody walk into the office and say, can you help me figure my bills out? And they've got boxes of, of statements from insurance companies on all these different properties. Wow. And they're like, 
and you know, and they're losing their mind because they need to be out buying properties or, or fixing sinks or something, yeah. right? You know, and well, so you're like, let's just be clear. You need a yeah. lot more help than just uh, your yeah. bills, but uh, let's <laughs> yeah, start let me, with that. Let me refer you to this person. Uh, <laughs> no, but like we can put them all on one policy, right? On a, in in, in many it. cases, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we have a uh, we have a schedule where you know we can put twenty policies on that. On, on that one on that one policy where you call me and say, hey Mickey, you know we were we're getting ready to sell 131 Main Street, but um, we're about to close on it today, so we'll take it off. But but uh, Friday we're, we're going to add yeah, you know yeah. you know whatever Maple Street, and so it's real easy to it, it's an easier uh, it's about the same amount of work for me honestly, but it's a lot easier for record keeping for the for the investor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that it, to a degree it sounds similar a uh, type of a product. I mean I I'm sure that the 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 way they structure it's slightly different, but same with um it's just every day I learn something new, you know. I, when I first started, I was like conventional loans, you know, I could yeah. access that cuz I had a W2 then went on out on my own. Now I'm pretty much it. I've had to learn the whole commercial banking space yeah. and I've had to learn every little bit yeah. of nuances. And I continue to learn same with insurance. It's like, I only had this one simple perspective of what insurance was. And now it's expanded to different opportunities and different potential. And that came from talking to people like right. yourself and right. saying, what is out there? This is the problem I have. How can you help me solve it? And so, um, and I keep on thinking about how insurance, you know, this is just me insurance, to be honest, is one of the last things I think about right. when buying on a property and underwriting. When I underwrite, I'm kind of like, ah, insurance is about probably X. Yeah. And like, I don't even call an agent or I'm just right. like, ah, yeah. we're probably yeah. about a grand. We'll just keep running yeah. the numbers and we're, right. you know, but how interesting it is that it's another layer of cost it is going to hit your bottom line and having the relationship to be like, Hey, can you run this for me real quick? So I can get the numbers to, you know, yeah. to have to, yeah. to quickly, cause you could be on a differential between two different properties yeah. and think that, you know, and then like I said, one's in a flood zone. You didn't do that right. research yeah. or, you know, different factors that involve like, Oh, it's got a slate roof or a regular roof or, you know, I know brick siding versus, you know, wood sidings right. are different insurables. Right. And if you don't know that, then you could just kind of fly blind and, yeah. and I fly blind. Yeah. <laughs> and it's made me kind of like this conversation is making me think through my processes so that I can do better yeah. underwriting, you know, on a, on that note, you know, flood insurance is, um, it's a big part right now and, yeah. and flood maps are changing, right? Constantly. And yeah. So a, a property that wasn't in a flood zone before could be now. Yes. But on the, on the flip side of that, somebody's that's been paying flood insurance may be notified that they're no longer in a floodplain. And then right. it's their choice to whether to decide whether or not they want to keep it if they have a mortgage. Right. Or, or whether or not they have a mortgage or not. Right. And so um, we do a lot right now of on the front end, hey, tell me what this, like you called me, tell me what the flood insurance is going to be on this. Yeah. Just give me a ballpark so I'll know, so I can tell my buyer, or if I am the buyer, then I can I can kind of factor that in. Yeah. Um, and then we started uh, a couple of years ago doing um, private flood insurance. We sell, you know, for years it was 
the national flood programs uh, underwritten by the government. Okay. And uh, that was the only thing, that was the only type of flood insurance that was, um, this may be getting way off in the weeds, but that was the only type of flood insurance that was accepted by most lenders, especially oh, okay. the government-backed gotcha. lenders. Gotcha. Now, um, there was legislation that passed that allowed private flood insurance to be accepted by most everybody. Right. And so we, that can be, you know, I mean, this may be controversial to say, but you, you, you get the government into something that's probably going to be. It's going to be run like the yeah. government run things. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so a lot of time with, you know, you said it, not me, but, but a lot of times you're going to be able to get a, a lower price if you go with that private flood insurance. And right. it's still, it's still uh, to me, a safe bet. Yeah, yeah. And so when I, you know, when I say lower price, sometimes it's half. Yeah. And so we, we offer the private flood insurance as well. And, um, you know, the, I, I salute what you're saying back, what you're saying in that what we really want to do is the things that we're not good at yet. Let's, let's get some help on that. Let's yeah. delegate that, you know, and it's not, not just insurance. It's, you know, it's, it's the property management side for you guys. It's yeah. the, you know, somebody that lives in California and they buy a house and, in, in, in Birmingham or Pleasant Grove or whatever, and and they don't they don't know any they they don't know anything about they may not know enough about the specifics the specifics yeah. to make that decision or yeah. to or to to know if it's an ongoing uh, good deal or not. Yeah, no, that's that's so helpful. So, uh, Mickey, this this conversation has been incredible. Um, I think it's funny because, like, I think a lot of people would maybe be like, oh, insurance, like, do I really need to know <laughs> yeah. that much? Like, I'll just get it. Like you said, a lot of people, it's a checkbox. My, you know, I've got a mortgage on this company. Uh, I have to have insurance. Let me get insurance yeah. move on. And I think that those who take the time to listen to this episode are going to gain a wealth of knowledge. I mean, just that fact alone that Jeff Coe is going through transition and and the underwriting, you know, it it sets me to say, okay, what does the next two to three years on my premiums look like? Because I've got to find more margin. Yeah. And just because my rents go up doesn't mean my cash flow goes up because it could be eaten eaten up by taxes, which have gone up on me, yeah. and by insurance. Right. And so in addition to that, I must I must make my my rents go up because I have to offset or literally a deal that was a deal a year ago will not be a deal anymore. Right. If I don't renew, a lot of people will say, Oh, they're good. At, they're a good renter. Um, and I haven't raised the rents on them in five years. Well, you're losing money then because the world has raised yeah. the, the cost on you. Um, you got to pass some of those, you maybe not all, but you got to pass some of that on to those who are, you know, renting your yeah. place right. or else you think you're sitting, like you said, on yeah. a deal and you're actually losing money. Could be. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, I appreciate the time. Uh, you know, we always like to say uh, top three, I'm going to kind of lighten <laughs> up. We've been, we've been diving <laughs> deep on insurance. What are, what are some of your favorite places to, to eat in this town? Oh, we, that's our, that's <clears throat> our, um, that's our that's our hobby, you know. I know, so, and we talked about a, that, and I was like, I'm asking you because because I know that you enjoy getting out yeah. with your wife and, yeah. and you find some good food. So, yeah. what what are some of your favorites? Uh, my favorite restaurant in the city is uh, Bright Star, and, okay, and Bessemer. Yeah, is, is the oldest restaurant, and 
Um, it's fantastic. Is it like a meet and three, basically, or is it a little more? At lunch, but at dinner, they serve... It's, they serve everything. It's a great restaurant. Okay. Still family owned after all these years. It's awesome. It's, it's amazing. Um, then we, you know, then we go to Mexican, which you know I have several favorites. All right, what's your top? Right, my, top Mexican. Probably my top favorite right now is uh, Pablo's in the okay. in the Colonnade. We okay. we love that. But I man, I like all Mexican. So yeah, it's, I, it's I tell be my wife I could eat it like five times yeah, a week. Right? Like, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. give me some chips so, <laughs> and queso. <laughs> right? You know, queso solves a lot of problems. You know, I mean, really, <laughs> put some queso out, and some chips, and everybody's yeah, yeah. gonna be kind of. A, a little bit more chill, right? Right. Uh, and uh, so we have a, we have a lot of uh, around my office. We have uh, some of the classic places. We have Ming's okay. uh, Chinese. It's, yep. I've been going there for years. They're family. They're friends of ours and clients. And and Pablo's is friend of ours and clients. We do. Um, um, there there's. There's so many restaurants in Birmingham, you just couldn't you, you couldn't no, go to them all. Yeah, right? it's yeah. it's amazing. It's, it's almost like where do you live, and then you just kind of populate the stuff locally. Right. Because you know, right. You could be Hoover. I mean, I'm sure there's some gems in Hoover. I don't know about because I live in Homewood. So, um, but I'll have to definitely check. I have not been to Bright Star, and I think that's, we need to go. That's something go. that yeah. we need to do because um, I've heard about it and I've heard yeah. a lot about it and. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate this time. How can people uh, get a hold of you and, and reach out to you if they're interested in having a conversation about insurance? Fantastic. Yeah, my sale is 205-492-3146. Or if you want the where the real knowledge is, you can call the office at 205-490-6000. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm always happy to help, and we do a lot of uh, advising of people in your business on, on the insurance side, and people on realtors, uh, lenders, uh, small business owners do a lot of advising where they'll call and just ask advice on something. It may lead to something right. with me, and it may not, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, and if I can't find the answer, then it's a challenge for me to you know to to reach out and find something else. Man, I love that. Just constantly wanting to learn, help people. Um, yeah. It's such a great, such a great attribute. Um, I always say time is our most valuable asset, and I'm just so grateful that you would take your time and sit down with me and help other people learn about your field and hopefully help more people from it. And secondly, I'd like to thank you so much for being a part of our meetup. You know, um, sponsoring it, believing in uh, us and what we're doing there helping others, um, you know, be a part of the community. So it's, it's huge. And just thank you so much for, for that as well. You're very welcome. I enjoy going to the meetings. I learn something every single time. Hopefully, hopefully good stuff. All good 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 stuff. stuff. (laughs) All right. Take it easy. Thanks a lot.